Good morning, 11 a.m. Oh, you guys are surely awake. Good morning to our online community and to those watching us in our overflow. I really like that sermon bumper. Hats off to our uh, production team that put that together. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Frank, and I'm one of the pastors here at Fellowship. And I have the joy of serving and leading our youth ministry uh, along with a, an amazing team of people, and, and Ike is joining us on that, and l we are looking forward to what God will do in the fall. Today, we are going to continue in the sermon series, The Promises, and if it's okay with you, we're going to go fast and dive deep. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. So let's just jump right in. Over the last few weeks in our Promises series, we've had the opportunity uh, to learn that we can trust God at his word. And, and that's probably the foundation of our Christian faith. We've also learned that salvation will be found in the name of Jesus. Anyone who believes in the name of Jesus can be saved. A few weeks ago, Pastor Barak shared that if we seek God, we can find him. And then last week, Pastor Ray talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit. That was a beautiful message. The Holy Spirit, our guide, our comforter, our intercessor. Pastor Ray talked about how all of creation is groaning and that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and the promises of things to come. Now, it's okay if you've missed some of that because you can always go back and jump on your favorite podcast platform or go to our YouTube channel and you can find all of these messages. And actually, I would encourage you that if something has actually encouraged you or stirred you, that you would share that with a friend or a family member. And if you're with us online, that's real easy to do. Just click that link and send it to somebody. This week, we're going to talk about the promise of new life. Now, the promise of new life, that's Positional and progressive sanctification. Those are really big words. And so what I'd like to do before we get into our message today, I'd just like to simply break down the theology behind what that actually means. So join me on the screen. Positional sanctification. What does that mean? It is the act of God declaring us holy in Christ Jesus. It's a one-time event. It happens at the moment of salvation. It's based on God's grace, and it results in a new position in Christ. And the beautiful thing is, it is a gift. Now, progressive sanctification, another big word. But simply, it just means a lifelong process of becoming like Christ. This happens after salvation, and it is based on God's grace and our cooperation with him and the Holy Spirit resulting in character change. That's the theology behind what we're going to talk about today. So let's take a moment. Let's pray. Let's ask God to do a work on our lives. And let's dive deep. Join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for that beautiful name, Jesus. The name that breaks all strongholds. The name that sets people free the name that at one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is living and active. 
And Father, we would ask that your word would do a work in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and that we would have ears to hear and hearts to respond. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Today, like I said, we're going to dive deep into a specific scripture. We read it this morning, but I'd like us all to read it together. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it's on the screen. And and read it with me, please. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That is God's word for us today. And as we go through scripture today, I I would like to remind you that when we see the scriptures that Paul has written in his letters, there is a similar thread that ties it all together. We will see throughout these passages of scriptures today, Paul's heart for what Christ has done. So let's jump in. The scripture starts with the word, therefore. And anytime you see that word when you're reading the Bible or studying the Bible, you have to ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore? It leads us somewhere, but we're not going to go there right now. I'm actually going to circle back to it at the end of the message. So let's continue on. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone, this message is to all and for all. There is no discrimination with this message. This message also has very similar language to John chapter 3, the gospel of John. And and many of us are actually familiar with this scripture passage. In John chapter 3, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. This word, whoever, this language that is so important because it tells us that no matter what race, no matter what age, no matter your gender, your sexual preference, no matter your nationality, your language, no matter your educational level or your intelligence, no matter the color of your skin or your ethnicity, the gospel of Christ is for anyone. The gospel of Christ is for everyone. Hmm. And all who believe are positioned in Christ by faith. Everyone by faith becomes a part of God's new creation. Hmm. And we are given the opportunity to become something new. We're given the opportunity for a whole new nature. That's beautiful. The scripture continues on that says, if anyone is in Christ. That's that positional language that we talked about at the very beginning. Think about it like a spiritual place. It's a position. I'm in Christ. Now, this identity that we identify with in Christ, it's not like wearing your favorite sports jersey. Now notice, I didn't put an arsenal picture up there. (laughs) It's not like wearing the merch from your favorite artist. And it's not like updating your social media status with this thing that you're really passionate about. 
being in Christ, this is our identification with him by faith. And as we see in all of Paul's writing, it is actually the typical expression that he uses for what it means to be a Christian. It's not about our progress. It's not about our perfection. It's about his work, the finished work of the cross. And we actually see that Paul writes about this in the book of Titus. He says to us that at one time we were foolish, all of us. We were in opposition to the things of God, that we were enslaved to pressures. We were enslaved to passions and to just the simple pleasures of the flesh. And we lived in opposition to God. But Titus chapter 3 tells us, but God. But when the kindness and love of our God and our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we've done, not because of the good things that we've done, but just simply because of his mercy. He saved us by this new birth in Jesus by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. He saved us by pouring out generously and we receive generously. You see that it tells us in Titus that we've been justified by grace to him alone that we might become heirs of eternal hope. That's the beauty of the gospel. You see, as I read this scripture, it tells me that my passions, my pleasures of the old man, the way that I used to be enslaved, I'm no longer because I'm saved from those things. The scripture continues to tell us that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. But what exactly does that mean? It's not like putting a brand new paint job on an old car. It's not like upgrading to something new, like when you, you have that old iPhone and you want to upgrade to the new one. It, it's, not, it's not like patching something together. It's new. It's transformation, not reformation. It's not a supernatural, it's not a superficial change. It's new. Everybody say new. The new creation does not refer to becoming some sort of super spiritual human being. Rather, it refers to becoming like Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to stop for a moment and I want to point out something very important. While we don't become super spiritual human beings, there is a supernatural thing that happens when we ask Christ to become a part of our life. That supernatural thing that happens is the Holy Spirit comes to live in our lives and something new happens. So that's why scripture tells us that if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. Now, I don't know about you, but I know in my life, this probably was the most difficult thing for me to wrestle with. When I was a new believer at the age of 17, when 30 years ago, when I became a Christian, I saw this verse, this verse was, was read to me. And, and man, when I accepted Christ, something new happened in my life. I remember that day so clearly as, as I wept, as I asked Jesus to be my savior. Now, mind you, I wasn't normally a crier. Like I didn't grow up seeing my father cry, so I don't normally cry. 
I, I saw my mother cry a lot and that was because of the things that my father had done or maybe something that I had done. But I wasn't a crier. But when I, when I asked Christ into my life that day, I wept and I opened my eyes and I saw life differently. I can't explain it, but it was supernatural. But I had this expectation because I had read this verse that the old would be gone, but yet I was still wrestling with things in my life and I couldn't reconcile with that. It's very similar to a story I'd like to share with you about my very own marriage. That's a picture of my wife and I. We got married 23 years ago. Now, yeah, I, I know I don't look that old. Um, I look like a young 17-year-old with facial hair. I understand that. But that's my wife and I on the day of our marriage. And, and when we got married, the Bible said that the two shall become one. Amen. But why was it I was still acting single? For a year, I just continued to act single. Now, now, mind you, I want to be clear. I was not stepping out on my wife. But man, I was still very much single. I, I would go and hang out with the fellas and I would play basketball and I would lose track of time and I'd forget to call my wife and I'd call her up and say, sorry, honey. Or I'd have those moments where I would make plans and I totally wouldn't talk to her about it. And I would, didn't I tell you about that? Sorry, honey. Or I'd have those moments in my marriage early on where I would make plans and she wouldn't be involved in the planning making and, sorry, honey. But over moments of time, things began to happen in my life and progressively, I was letting the old go away and I was stopped being single, if you will, and I was beginning to identify with my marriage. Now, it wasn't overnight. My wife wished it was. There was moments where I guarantee you she was praying for it. But as it began to happen, my, my, my wife said yes and amen. The old passed away and I began to identify with my marriage and singleness was no longer there. And it's very much so like in this passage of scripture that we've read this morning that the old dies. We, we begin to identify with Christ and the old man is gone. And Paul shows us in Romans chapter six. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. My first year of marriage was just that. I was giving in to singleness and I needed to let that die and move on so that my marriage could come alive. Even more profoundly, just moments before this scripture, Paul says, sin is no longer our master. Verse six says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And that's where the church says, amen. amen. Do you remember the songs that we just sang moments ago? Do you remember how those songs actually led us to this moment right now? 
those songs taught us that the power of sin no longer holds on to you because the power of Christ has set you free. It reminds me of the story of a, of a circus elephant, a massive circus elephant, an African elephant. You see, one day a gentleman was walking behind the scenes at a circus and he spotted the elephants at a distance and was kind of shocked that the elephants weren't in cages. They weren't even bound by chains and nothing as he could see was holding them back from escaping. And as he, as he got closer, he noticed that the elephants were actually just tied up by a little tiny rope on their legs to a stake. All of the elephants just kind of standing still and he was confused. Why were they not breaking free and leaving? So he walked up to one of the, the trainers and said, can you help answer something for me? Because I'm confused. I don't understand. Why are these elephants just not using their mighty power and breaking free and leaving this encampment? And the trainer looked at him and said, well, that's easy. You see, when they were very young, that same rope was the rope that we tied them up with. And when they were very young, no matter how hard they would pull against that rope, it wouldn't break and it would hold them back. And they began to become conditioned that I'm stuck right here. No matter what they believed, they couldn't break free. And then that trainer looked the man dead in the eyes and said, the only reason the elephants weren't breaking free from this camp was because over time they had adopted the belief that it just wasn't possible. And I think for many of us today in this room, we struggle with something. There's a sin that we're wrestling with and we've come to believe that we just cannot break free. I'm bound. I've always been bound and I will always be bound. I'm always going to be this way, but God. This morning, I'm here to tell you that I believe that it's trying to change your belief system. Scripture tells us because of Christ, we were set free from the power of sin and it is no longer your master. Everything that we've done this morning leads up to this moment right here. It's about what Christ has done. It's where we stand positionally. It's about the finished work of Christ and who we're becoming like. We're no longer bound to the old man, but because of Christ, we've been set free. And as I learned this scripture as a teenager, I memorized it in a different version and there's a word in that version that I think is very important for us to know. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold. I think that word behold is very important for us to understand as we read this scripture. Why? Because that word behold actually means wonder. It actually means the amazement of. It means standing up and taking notice at what God has done. Now, 
I don't know about you, but you might think that that word behold looks something like this. I actually think that word behold looks something like this. And if you don't know that photo, that's a picture of Tom Hanks in the movie, The Castaway. And that's that moment when Tom Hanks beholds where he created something out of nothing. Behold, I made fire. We remember that moment? And, and, and he was super excited. I, I want you to look at this. It was on his face, that moment of behold. He'd created something out of nothing. You see, the Bible tells us that only God's creative power can explain the recreation of a person who once lived according to sin and now has been transformed into a person who lives for Christ. That look on his face shows that nothing else can explain what God can do. You see, I believe that true conversion is something that can always be seen. We go from death to life. We go from old to new. We go from darkness to light. We go from sin to freedom in Christ. It's got to look different. That's why scripture tells us if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone. Behold my words, the new is here. But what does new look like? What does that mean? Because all I see is old. Well, the Bible tells us <laughs> that that new creation is a spirit-filled life. The Bible tells us that it's a life where we walk by the Holy Spirit. It's a new way of thinking. The Holy Spirit changes our desires. The Holy Spirit changes our outlook. The Holy Spirit changes our focus. We're no longer looking inwards and self-centered. We're actually worshiping God. That's the new life. But how, how do I do that? How, how does that happen? Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22, how this happens. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. You see, the sinful nature is in opposition to the things of God. We have wants that are opposite to what the spirit desires. These two things are in continuous battle. And if you're a follower of Jesus in this room today, you can agree to that. The old man is always in opposition to the things of God. But as we continue to look through that passage, we see that, that Paul begins to create a comparison between the old and the new. Old creation, the acts of old creation are obvious. Hate, indifference, despair, envy, discord, dissension, impatience, selfish ambition, animosity, contempt, jealousy, impurity, corruption, immorality, idolatry, disobedience, 
rage, roughness, drunkenness, sexual immorality. On that screen, yes, there are things that I identify with. And in fact, this week I had to have a moment before God where I said, God, I'm sorry for my rage. God, I'm sorry for my jealousy. I don't want those things anymore, God. I want the new man. Positionally, in Christ God, I know these things are available to me. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, he starts out the verse by saying, but. And that, that word but is the same thing as behold. Stand up and take notice that the fruit of the Spirit is, read it with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You see, in Christ, positionally, that place, we are no longer bound. We have to ask ourselves today, what does it look like to walk these things out progressively? Take a moment and ask yourself this question. How do you know that the new creation has come? How do you know that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life? you will see the fruit of the new creation. You will see the fruit of the spirit. It is a byproduct of the things planted in your life and grown by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you, that list on the left side is really big and might be a little overwhelming it might be a really big step for you to say, how do I go from old to new? Well, the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman and he will meet you where you are. And if you will let him, he will guide you one step at a time towards that new life, towards new creation. One step at a time, getting rid of the old and making room for the new. All of this reminds me of a story when I was a young little kid growing up watching my mom who loved to garden. Anybody here like gardening? Yeah, I can kill some plants, let me just tell you. I cannot garden. But my mom, she loved to garden and she would spend hours in the garden just working at it and doing her thing. And I didn't understand what was going on. And one day as a little kid, I walked up to her and I said, Mom... Why are you throwing those things away? And she looked at me and smiled. And she goes, that's, that's easy. You see, those things are dead. And I've got to pull them out and get rid of them and make room for new fruit. As a little kid, I didn't understand that. But later, as I read this verse and became a believer in Christ, it made so much more sense. And maybe that's your prayer today. Just one step, one thing from old to new. Okay, God, I need to get rid of that. I need to pull that out and make room for the new. As I said at the very beginning, this passage lives, this verse lives inside a, a, a bigger passage. And I said at the beginning that we would get to the therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? When you're studying scripture, 
know that the therefore actually place, points back to the beginning of something else. And I want to read that with you this morning. It's the verse that we started with before I got up and started talking. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15. For Christ's love compels us. That is, Paul is overwhelmed by Christ's love. He knows that God wants to have a relationship with humanity. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Paul's compelled because he's convinced of what Christ did. Christ died and set humanity free from the power of sin. And he died for all. Jesus died for all so that those who live, that's you and I in Christ, should no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who died and was raised again. Scripture then leads us to the therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, behold, the new is here. Paul was compelled and from that he was convinced that Christ was the one that set people free. Paul didn't stop there. He continued to say, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. That's the beauty of the gospel. How do I become free from the things that I'm tied to? All this is from God. How do I come into relationship with Jesus and make him my savior? All of this is from God. God, how am I supposed to share this beautiful message? All of this is from God. Who reconciled, him, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. If you're a believer in Christ and you follow him, it's not just God's work in you, but it's also God's work through you. That is, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, the beauty of the gospel, not counting people's sins against them. So how would I sum up today? I would sum up today by saying, old creation is living for yourself. New creation is living for God. Being guided by the Holy Spirit and allowing the word of God to transform our lives. So as we close this morning, I would like you to consider these things. You're here today. You're a follower of Jesus. I want you to consider what you would share. Let love compel you. He's committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. Let love compel you. Pray that God gives you opportunities to tell others about this story, your story of how God changed your life and how they too can be reconciled back to God through this great message, which is the message of Christ's forgiveness. Pray for those opportunities. Let love compel you because you're convinced. Maybe you're in the room today, believer or not, I would ask you to consider 
how you believe. The story of the elephant is so important because over time that elephant was conditioned that it just wasn't possible. Over time, he thought, I'll never be free. But if we think about Paul's words today in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, I am convinced that Christ set me free. In Romans, he says, we know that our old self, the old sinful self, was crucified with Christ. Paul said, you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive in Christ. Romans tells us, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And the church said, amen. I'm convinced. Today, you're in this room, believer or not, I would pray that you would consider changing your belief system. And finally, you're here with us this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus. And that's okay. Fellowship is a place for everybody. And you being a follower of Jesus, not being a follower of Jesus doesn't bother us. But I would ask you this question. Where is your faith? You see, the Bible tells us, as we read this morning, as a minister of reconciliation, I am to urge you to be reconciled with God. That is, making Jesus your Savior, making him your Lord. Those are two different things. The Bible tells us that God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin to be sin. Not that Jesus became sinful. He became sin for us so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. That is, that we might have a relationship with the creator of the universe. This is the beauty of the promise of new life that we become in Christ. But you're here today and you go, I don't understand that. I don't know what that means. I would invite you that after the service, meet me right over here. I would happily have a conversation with you about Jesus and share my story with you. As we close this morning, as I pray and invite the worship team back up, I want you to know that the biggest thing that we can do in our lives is stand positionally in Christ, knowing that he's done all the work and that you can be free from the sin that holds you back. And you can progressively walk into this new life being led by the Holy Spirit. But the other thing that I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of creation. He knows what it was like before sin. And he can clearly guide us back to that new creation and that new life. And so as we pray today in closing, ask God to be at work in your life. Ask God to do a work in your heart. Don't let this moment pass you by. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, th I thank you for your word. I thank you how it's living and active right now in the lives of people in this room. It's living and active in the lives of those 
watching us online or in our overflow. God, you know no time, you know no boundaries, and your word is at work. God, I thank you for the name of Jesus that is above all names. God, I thank you for that name because it sets people free from the bondage of sin. God, I thank you for the name of Jesus because it brings life. God, I would ask that your word do work in the hearts and lives of people. Holy Spirit, be at work beyond my words, doing your work through the word of God this morning. God, that people would have ears to hear and hearts to respond, that they would not walk away. They would not leave this room the same way they came in. God, that they would see that they can be free from that thing that binds them. God, that they can have permission in cooperation with you and they can become more like Christ, leaving the old behind them. God, we we thank you. We thank you for Jesus who makes all of this possible. God, be at work in our lives, we would ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.